Rod Wallace because Shorty can't eat no books. I don't know. What are you talking Jeffrey Osborne? It's no, it's 33. It is 33? What? Why am I yes. trying to speed up the time? Welcome. Welcome to Pick and Roll number 33. Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Uh, who else? Clearly, my voice is a little bit under the weather. I'm sounding a little bit more raspy than normal, but this is Rob Wallace. Who are you? I'm Quinn Barrett. You are Quinn Barrett. So, uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks, living life. We hope everybody has had a pleasant summer. Yeah. Hope you enjoy your summer. We haven't spoken since like we haven't spoken since like the first week in August. That's not true. It is. No, we haven't done a show. I haven't done a show. Absolutely. Yeah, I hate been... to time the shows. But the last yeah. time that we did interact was uh, we did a first reaction video. Uh, oh, let me back up. Visit us at pickandrollpodcast.com yes. for an archive of our old shows. <laughs> you can also follow us at PAR Podcast. You can follow us individually at Where is Wallace? And QNBA10. As well as at... P-A-R podcast. D-B-L-N-E-G-P-P-L. Ah, yes. And Double Negative People. This podcast is sponsored by Double Negative People, as well as ComputerMusicAcademy.com, where the motto is make better music. They just celebrated their 100th episode. I was a part of it. It was fantastic. We actually had to take parts from other people's entries because, you know, the waves and stuff our stems okay so he gave us everybody's stems you could pick from people's sounds oh and i took two or three sounds from one guy took the drums from somebody else took some tinkles from somebody else and made a beat out of it what you have to watch it go to computermusicacademy.com when did it drop last earlier this week oh so i didn't see it Okay, so we did I'm like a we did shout outs to um, AR Music, DJ Locturnal, uh, oh my gosh, Show Nuff, JSP8, uh, Taurus Beats, um, RTO Beats, to share, um, as well as Gold 007, who wasn't there, but we sat up and just chopped it up for like two hours, listened to everybody's entries and kicked it. Okay, so this is the one you guys did live. Yes. Okay, I did see the screenshot. We did it live, but we ended up having to do something different with the podcast. Nevertheless, it still was real cool. So if you listen to the home, if you listen to 95, those were the songs that were initially turned in. Okay. And then for 100, everybody took each other's stuff. It was sweet. It's still the best thing on the internet, folks. I'm sorry. If if you're not hip on Computer Music Academy, I'm tired of saying this, but I have to say it. Go to computermusicacademy.com, look at or uh, find it on, go to the YouTube channel, do whatever you have to do, but get plugged in with Computer Music Academy. It is literally the best thing on the internet. I set out I I set up time every week. I need to sit down and listen to the whole podcast because as a person who does not make music himself, but who is a lover of music, it's the best experience on the internet flat out. I'm in agreement 100%. Uh, so... Last time we talked, we did we did a Google Hangout the night that Compton came out. Yep. Um, and now it's interesting because 
we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the album Compton. We're also gonna talk about the movie Straight Out of Compton. And it's been a couple weeks, so we've kind of had an opportunity to decompress from the excitement of it, yes, um, and the nostalgia of it to really look at it and really discuss it. So it, it's I, I think it's still ti- it's still very timely. There's been a bit of controversy swirling around it a little bit we may get into that a little bit in separate pockets of the internet you know but it is what it is um we'll also talk about uh you know the death of sean price um and and maybe do a little bit of fall look at um some of the albums that we still expect this year you know i'll kind of get into that and we'll kind of talk about it a little bit but it's so hard to do that because stuff is just coming out of anywhere nowadays Yeah, which is cool. I, you know, I like that. Yeah, don't so. get me wrong. We're not complaining or anything. <laughs> right? But that's just what it is. We used to have like a list. We 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 almost could call the whole year. You know, some years ago. Now, right? It's all these midnight releases, and right. I might be doing this. Or right. Track here, track there. But the fourth quarter is coming, so we'll see if the big labels try to get their money back. But yeah. you know, we'll see. Uh, all right. Let's start by talking about the album. Okay. So, I have a very broad generalization that I would like to make, and I would like to start with this. Let's do it. Um, technically, and from a production standpoint, it is definitely a spectacle. Um, as I've listened to it more, what I do believe is that I hated Dre's rapping on this album. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I like it. I like that. So, okay. So, there's a very, okay, among music snobs, and uh, I do consider myself to be among that cadre of people, there is a a, a line of demarcation <laughs> that says, I like the album overall, period. It's cool. Versus, I wish Dre had done something that was more Dre-like. You know, he got like trap beats, Dre doing trap beats. And, it's important to remain relevant and be able to show, hey, I can do what y'all doing too. Mm-hmm. But he was very Dre-like on stuff like One Shot, One Kill, yep. and Deep Water still, and you know stuff like that. Um, but I hated his rapping. <laughs> God. Well, we okay. Being in the age of information is a blessing and a curse. Yes. All right. So when we heard Dre rap in on previous albums, we had the benefit of the romance. We had the benefit of just listening to the lines and maybe finding out later on who wrote them. Or, you know, those of us who were following along and were kind of living the things in real time, we knew that Dre wasn't writing. But we still had the benefit to enjoy it in the moment. Now we are a lot more critical. We yeah, want, we are. We want all the truth about everything, and we want it now. So yeah. now, knowing what we know now, we're listening to Dre's rapping through a different lens. It's not that we're. It's not so much that we're older. We just have more information available to us, and so to to have enjoyed things like okay, close closest example we can come to is the you know to pimp a butterfly or the j cole album haven't enjoyed those albums ahead of time mm-hmm. listening to that is kind of like 
yeah, okay. I mean, you know, do whatever you got to do to get yeah. through the song, you know, but I'm not, I'm not definitely, I'm not committing this to memory. No, yeah. Nor am I really trying to relive this moment because yeah. I know the words aren't yours. One. True. Two. In the face of everything that, went, everything that just that happened went on with right Drake before and it came that. out. Right. right. So like we, 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 we're kind of stained with that, but it's a, it's a good thing because it, it drives more honest discussion about how we listen to music, why we listen to music and what sticks. Because here we have an album with a guy who's driving and who's obviously and openly rapping somebody else's words and the music is still sticking. So here's an, here's an opportunity to get okay. in the mirror a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Now we can say we don't really appreciate Dre's rapping on this, which I think most of us would agree. That, but nobody used that as a uh, leverage to say the song was bad. No, like it's it's not necessarily a barometer of quality. Right. And we have gotten extremely critical. Yes. Dre was never freaking uh, wise, intelligent from poor righteous teachers <laughs> on the mic. Never. You know what I'm saying? He was never like, you know, you listen to the chronic. If I re if I said some of them rhymes right now, you'd be like, OK, dude, uh, okay. what do you very But price. it fit the production. It's like. I use this example all the time. Slum Village's first album, Fan well, second album, Fantastic Volume Two. The rhymes flowed so well with the production that it didn't matter that it wasn't super lyrical, miracle, empirical, right. whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was still, but dope. I, I felt like it. I still felt like it wasn't Dre. You know, I felt like it was him channeling the spirits of too many different people, and it made it seem. Uh, it was a bit cringeworthy at some point. There's a moment in "Let Me Ride," okay, where you get like you get lost in the song, and Dre is just rapping, just rapping. You know what I think that time is when he like so on and so on. It's just, it's just like he just. I remember back in the days when I it's used just, to have to get my like, stroll on. Here we're going to like we're gonna hear Dre rap, right? All right, Dre is rapping. I got some of that in All in the Day's Work. There's okay. There's a portion of that, because that, I connected with the song anyway, but there's a portion of that where like, all right, Dre is going to rap now. Like, But I don't get those moments on really any other song, on the okay. other song where he's yeah. rapping. But see, there's the thing. I know that he's capable of that moment. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really catch it, but it. we were so heavily anticipating this album right the production is so well done yes some of the other voices are so captivating the mixing is so absolutely phenomenal that i almost don't care yeah that I didn't get yeah. my let me ride moment okay okay i almost okay. don't care yeah there are parts where i was like dre just shut up dog let's get you know, let's get out of here but there's sometimes was like okay like it works I, I need this verse for this song you know i mean I, i'm looking at the track list and the intro was the intro. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. I like it. It was cool. It was it was cool. It's, it's it fun. was it was fun. It was a good jump off for justice too. You know what I'm saying? Uh Genocide is this, probably oh my favorite my song God. on the L on the LP. That baseline is murder, death, kill, bruh. See, and that's why I like you, right? And I was trying to explain <laughs> trying to explain to my wife. I was like, do you hear okay? It's two phrases. Like, do you hear? Like, it goes into a second phrase. I'm like, so, so, 
that wasn't pl- like that wasn't played here. Mm-hmm. That was played here. Like you hear the difference. Yeah, it was played upright. Like she's you know she's looking at me like I. I, okay, I understand. I got to talk to Ryder about this. <laughs> like, I hear you. Like, you know, somebody sat there and played those two phrases. He didn't just loop right. a lick. But then, you know what I'm saying, the chord work on it, as opposed to just, he could have just followed that. But, I mean, and then Kendrick just destroyed. See, Kendrick, I think Kendrick, to Pimple Butterfly is still album of the year to me. Like it's still the best me. album to come out this year. But the internet, the internet album is messing with it. The internet ego death is messing. With you it killed you, didn't it? It's messing. It with got it. in your mind. It's messing it? with it. You had a time. You had some time to sit had, with it, didn't had, you? Oh, it's part of me now. Praise God. It's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it what it's supposed good. to do. <laughs> like but Carl Pete, Collins, Kendrick. How could I say this? This was like Kendrick was Kendrick, but. Kendrick ascended to another tier with this album. Yeah. You know, the separated. Right. He was the key benefactor to me of Dre's last album. You know what I'm saying? Him and Anderson Pack. But we'll get to Anderson Pack. If that's how you pronounce your last name, I don't know. But we'll get to that point. Um, It's All On Me was cool. The bass was crazy. All in the day's work was cool. It's motivational. Very motivational joint yeah, for man. me. You know what I'm saying? The last part. Dark side and gone was crazy. Especially gone. Man. That's hard. Loose cannons was crazy, especially exhibit. Exhibit. Yes. He still got it. Issues, the end of issues was man. Very good production. Deep Water was nuts. Nuts. Shots to John Connor, man. No, nah, John Connor was on for the love of money. Oh, I'm sorry, but he's on another one too. He's on the one with uh he's on two tracks. He's Is on he? yeah, he does like the hook. Is he? Yeah, he's on the one with Snoop and he's on the one He's on two tracks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh One Shot, One Kill Ugh. was crazy. To me, the best West Coast record was just another day with game. Okay. That's a West Coast record right there. That's what I thought this album was going to okay. be. Okay. Okay. Um and see I, I disagree. I thought Genocide was actually the track. Like that was the the movie soundtrack track. Genocide sounded like it's straight out of a Dre Beats commercial. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I could see that. Sitting on used. the plane. Yeah. Definitely. That, that, it, that that track sounded like because everything that Dre does to me is is movie soundtrack worthy, mm-hmm. and the genocide track to me was like, a, like some intro to a movie. For the love of money was crazy. Yeah, sick man. Satisfaction has it definitely has its place. Yes, it does. Animals is cool. Yes, it is. Anderson Pack killed that to me. This guy. Doom doom. This guy. What? A, wait a minute. What am I talking about? I'm like talking down on the album, and I did love the album. Everybody, I think. I just think Dre's lyrics. People are like trying to walk away, bro. People are trying to walk away from it because we live in like the era of like LeBron, and like nothing is supposed to live up to the hype. Like you can't deny that like LeBron lived up to the hype, but it's so hard to accept that because we're taught that nothing lives up to the hype. 
That's true. And what has anything ever lived up to the hype? I mean, LeBron, has any, it's really LeBron, LeBron and everything like nothing else. Like so, this Compton album though had a different level of hype because it wasn't called Detox. Right, that's true. So like, if it there was, was no pressure, there was really a well limited pressure. There was so, okay. It was limited pressure. There was still pressure, uh-huh. and I think it lived up to that that little you know that level. It was not the fact that it wasn't called Detox helped him. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, man, it still goes. Like it's gonna play tonight, mind you. It probably will play it on my way home. Will. It right. probably will play on my way home. But that's the thing. If it was like, okay, okay, I'm actually gonna do detox, dude. After everything we've been through, if this doesn't completely win the championship, destroy like people's head explodes. Yeah. So. It's, right. it's it's all LeBron's fault, really. That's a smart thing to do. Let, I, in retrospect, that was extremely smart to do. Let the project go. Yeah. Announce you're doing something totally different. Attach it to the movie because we all know that probably 99% of those beats had nothing to do with the movie release until the movie release became a reality. You know what I'm saying? So you got all these people around. You got all of this attention around. You got a score, and I think he did. But but here's the thing. You got all these new voices now. So now the album is going to take on another life, mm-hmm. which The Chronic did. So like yes. it's going to take on a whole nother life. Yes. So I, now I want this artist's music. I want this artist. So like, like we were just talking about with Anderson Pack. Uh, I will check. Line up. Yeah, I will check. I mean, imagine the jump, the jump off that you get. From being on an album that has this level of gravity, yeah, you know, and I mean, let's be honest, the vast majority of people haven't been introduced to him. You right. know, I didn't as much music as I listened to. I wasn't really up on it before this album came out, and needless to say, he has a a jumping board now. And people, we were we listened to uh, "No Worries," which is Knowledge producer named Knowledge. Uh, huge in the LAB scene, very prolific in the LAB scene too. If you check his band count, um, his name is spelled K N X W L E D G E dot bandcap dot com. I think it's knowledge dot bandcap dot com. He has like fifteen albums on bandcap, like of just beats. So he and Anderson Pack, I guess, have a group called No Worries, and they dropped a video for a song called Suede. And I actually heard that song when I was driving back from Pennsylvania okay. on one of the Selection radio shows. That's what you were talking about. That's what check out saying. and people check out if you if you subscribe to SoundCloud, please check out Selection Radio. Um, fantastic mixing, yeah. like fantastic records. <coughs> um, so. Needless to say, I heard the song, and when I saw the track list, I saw that it was Anderson Pack, and it caught my attention then, and I was like, "Oh, that's dope." And then I saw the video, and the video kind of made me understand the charisma that this guy has. He puts yeah. you in the mind of Bilal, yeah, the, you the know. sound, but he's, um, he's a lot more gangster. Like he talking that stuff, talking cash, doop. yeah, all of it. It's very, but it's dope. Check yeah. out the video. Yeah. Suede. He looks like like a... Uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this. He looks like Chris Brown if he was from New Orleans. 
Ooh. <laughs> like, like, like that's that's who he looks like. Like Chris Brown, if he couldn't dance, like if he was Chris, <laughs> like like Chris Brown hipster version, yeah, right, the very, like if right. they made a hipster right. action figure, Mardi Gras Chris, Chris Brown. Brown, right? So, but yeah, I mean, dude, it's 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 crazy. I'm looking for it. He kind of looked like FIFO from Dead End Hip Hop a little bit too, <laughs> or like if Maxwell if Maxwell was his <laughs> uncle. Like, you know, I really look up to Maxwell. <laughs> Shouts out to Anderson Pack. Yeah, that's um, that's gonna probably dominate the rest of right. my summer. By the way, right? But he benefited a lot, you know, and he got a lot of spotlight. Um, you know, Medicine Man with Eminem. Eminem, you know, he went off for a long time. He he turned in his. We found we we heard him again. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost not quite the same moment I had with Exhibit, but. Like hearing Exhibit go that hard is like he still got it. I think you know what I think about Eminem at this point. I think Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time who had bad production. You know? No. What? That's Common. What? Common had horrible production. You would take Eminem's production. Oh, okay. Let's let's be let's clear. Slow let's down. be clear. Let's, let's slow, slow down. Because we are like shots out talking. to shots out to Marshall Mathers. Yeah, we're talking but about a catalog. Common you would take Eminem's awful. beats over Common's beats. Now, what I will give you is Common's last two or three were completely coasters. They were but like coffee coasters. Common what? gets a pass for B alone. B and like water for chocolate alone. But and Electric Circus for me. Resurrection. But, but and that, Resurrection. But that's the thing. Eminem has like two albums but the, and well, but they okay. were still but they were like trash records even on those albums too. You know what I'm saying? Say but, goodbye to Hollywood. <laughs> but look there was but Common had Common had like two out. There's like ten common songs out of everything he's ever made that go forever. Like there's he doesn't have totally classic records. B might be the only one. I'll say this: Common rapped over three of the greatest Jay Dilla beats of all time. So therefore he will so win. Therefore he will win. Nag right, Champa. Well, Nag Champa is like I wish like when I walked into a room, that's the song that came on. MC Nag, squared. I didn't even think of that. MC squared is I would say <laughs> Nag Champa. I would say it's your world. Mm. Ooh, ooh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and to me, Thelonious. Yes. Oh my Christ! Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, he rapped on it with not his on his. Okay. Now Eminem has some joints. Eminem had a lot of joints, but I I think his it's more spread out throughout the catalog. Yeah. Like, like there are Electric Circus is all but unlistenable. Are you kidding me? Electric Circus was ah so power. Shout out to Gene Johnson. Gene, I need you to comment on this. Yeah. Soul Power Aquarius Star 69 It was some really bad songs On that album The remix to Come Close But that ain't on that Come on That was Yeah we're not Talking remixes (sighs) I don't Okay So okay We we can debate that We can But shout out Shouts out to Eminem I I love Eminem is probably The most technically gifted rapper Of all time I think we've ever heard Um, Nothing he can't do Nothing Yeah right 
his 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 name is etched yeah. in the game. And, I, and look, this is 2015. We're past all the debates. We're yeah. all past all of the debates at this point. We're I not, like. I'm not debating that. I like relapse. Yes, I like relapse a lot. Fire, I, a lot of people didn't like relapse. Fire right. is a great. Song. Um, stay wide away. Hey, I don't look again. We don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. Okay. We don't have to do this. Okay. So okay. So okay. So. <laughs> Compton to me was still a four and a half album. Yes, I'm with it because of the performances and because of the the general vibe that was there. It was I put it like it was an A minus. And I the, give grades and now. the album. <laughs> the album goes. The album goes. Yes, it, it, it just you just put it in and it goes. It does, and you find something different to like about it every time you hear it. We whined and cried about albums we could not put in and let it go for what ten years? Yeah, we did, and we're getting them now. Shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, we did. It's let not it better than to pimp a butterfly. No, me. I don't believe I don't believe that. But let it just put it in and let it go. It does go. Now, now, let's talk about the movie. Let's do it now. Do we need to do a disclaimer here? We can Go put ahead a, and give a me bit a, disclaimer. Of a disclaimer. Okay, so those of you who have significant others, yes. those of you who have wives like we have, those yes. of you who have significant others, whatever, how long you've been brother. together, there comes a time when uh, <laughs> there's a moment in your in your life. There comes a time in every man's there life. There comes a time. Okay, so check this out. The movie came out. We hadn't seen it yet just because we didn't have time to... I just didn't have time to go see the movie. But it was one of those movies where I was pretty sure that if I did not go see the movie with my wife, she would have been pissed. Okay. Right? And because, I mean, dude, that's these are kinds of moments that your woman wants to spend with you or she just wants to... You know, you went to see the movie. You enjoyed that moment without me. All right? right. I think just about every guy um, who is married or with, with, has a lady understands that. True. So what I did was I took the sneaky route. It wasn't my fault. All right. I was at the barbershop. I'm walking out of the barbershop. The gentleman with the DVDs, which most barbershops have. Hey, you, I got that. So I'm thinking he got copies of Compton. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that. I got that. But no, so he got the movie. Yeah, Blue. So I'm, I, <laughs> I copped it. This is it's very offensive. I am still going. I got like uh, passes to go see the movie. So I'm going to see the movie. Right. But might as well get in, you know, right now. So I had like a two hour window to where my wife was gone with uh, with the kids for some reason. So phew, threw it in, threw it in the Xbox and uh, and I watched it. Put your that movie was two hours and 40 minutes. I watched it. I had, I had enough time to watch it. Sat and watched the whole thing. So do you want to pretty make good a, picture quality? Do you want to make a, a okay, like so, video? Do you want to make a public statement right now? No, I don't have to make a That's public all, statement. You don't have to make a public statement. I, mean, I, I just did. I, I watched the movie. Honey, I'm very, very. I'm, you know, so, no, I watched the movie. Whatever. You're going to be pissed. It is what it is. Okay. But the bottom line is, I watched the movie. Um, I do plan to go see it, you know, in, in you know, uh, movie theater style. But I had to see it. I was pissed that I get a chance to see it day one. I was pissed that I had waited that many mm. days to go see it and I was getting sick of mm. not having had seen it so I fixed it my brother my brother saw it before me and my brother was you know in his how can we say it in his upper teens during this whole time yeah and he came to see me cause I hadn't I didn't see it on Friday night either I had been doing all kinds of other things and he was like you you have to go see this movie 
you have to go see this movie. Like, you absolutely have to go see this movie. And I was like, I know it's dope. And I started asking questions, and I didn't want to ask them too much. Right. So I went and saw it on Sunday. And it was a remarkably late 30s crowd yeah. that was there with me. Um, and it filled up pretty quickly. But um, we was hype. Yeah. We was you, hype. You, See, that's why I'm pissed that I didn't get a chance to see it that first weekend, dog. Because I know the the intensity, bro. It's so in many tears, and I know we people. I know we late. I know we are late. So we, what? We we've been really busy. Deal but with it. There are so many tears of discussion from this movie, from the from the mindset of Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. You know, and mind you, we don't know the level of romantic, the the romance that was here based on the fact that these people were involved in the writing and creation of this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not a third party that's doing right. this, but the characteristic of Ice Cube as it deals with the mindset that African-American people should have towards business. You know what I'm saying? Asking the right questions, not being sucked into the, the romance and, yeah. and, and the moment of this this success that they're getting. Always remaining focused to, to craft, that kind of stuff. To the interest in doing something that was at the time <clears throat> so far gone left. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it kind of gave you some kind of context to I'm, you know, I'm 13, 14, 15 when all this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gave you context about what kind of risk was involved in doing what they were doing and doing what they felt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just, I don't even know where to begin. The idea of the the narrative that we all are too familiar with in this, in, in 2015 about cats taking dope money and making records like see you know just or taking street money and 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 making it into something legit those you know those sorts of narratives that we just kind of take for granted now like you know <laughs> i mean these, this is kind of a normal thing at this point you know but maybe you know at that time that wasn't necessarily something that was happening a lot you know what i'm saying of course maybe we all not. know the street it's street money everywhere at all times but to see it um, depicted that way where a guy has li literally living that life mm -hmm. and turns it into something that would seemingly everybody could relate to right and the way that the <clears throat> the way that the images were created around that first scene right? right that first scene where we say okay this is where the music comes from right the dope house Six in the morning, police at my the door. raids, almost like the iced tea. As right, this is where know. the music comes from. The actual in your face interaction with the police, right. like this is exactly the feeling that you should be getting when you listen to these records. And mind you, we let's let us be clear: they weren't first, no, to go there. No, they weren't first to make gangster records, but there was a level of quality as well as fidelity with East Coast right. hip-hop right. that made it something that was absolutely captivating, mm -hmm. even for me. The first time I heard Eazy-E, if I could say this, I was at, shout-outs to David Mathis, my cousin. <laughs> he had a, elect, a gray Electra 225 with a black rag 
was clean. Killing it. Stayed on Carpenter. Okay. Stayed on Carpenter Road in 475. Almost a beach. Almost a beach. <laughs> Almost south of Saginaw. <laughs> I guess south of Saginaw Street? Would it would it be no, 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 no. East of Saginaw Street. Okay. Like Yeah, I know I know like you. Once you cross Carpenter, like it's that Beecher. was out of bounds. That's the buck. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So I remember he took me he he took me I went on a ride with him somewhere and he left and went like my aunt house to somewhere else. And he, this was like 88. He had like bang in the trunk. Yeah. He was like either about to graduate from high school or he had just graduated. He had like a long curl. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And the first song I heard was No More Questions. And I said, What Bruh, is I'm, that? Yeah. I'm 11, 12, Rooflet. And I remember it clear as day. Rooflet's my style as a juvenile. Ran with it again. And I was like, Okay. Well, what is this? So, for me to see that part and be able to relive that part of my childhood was a fantastic experience. Yeah, and and I like the fact that they did it. They created all of the surrounding, like like yes. I said, the opening scene, and you have all of this surrounding their life, and then they put them in the studio. Yes, it's like okay, but in the studio. They're like goofy kids making music. Yes. But everything that was outside that studio was so real, so graphic, and so like right now. Yes. Inside the studio was like a safe haven. They would make a party. They could do whatever they wanted to do, right. make all this music, make all this money. But as soon as they step outside that door, reality was waiting right on them. Right. And I think that we got to give credit to the director, Gary Gray. We got to mm-hmm. give, give credit to these people for drawing the storyline up that way because that was I think was the concept of what most of what NWA stood for right yeah yeah we coming up here we saying all this wild stuff but what we're trying to explain to y'all is life actually still goes on for us like today right like we like we, we might get arrested tomorrow right that's why we still saying this shit Excuse right me. you know right that's, that's why we still saying it because guess what as soon as I get done saying it, as soon as I go like to my mom's crib, like it could still happen. Yeah. And I think that was the reality behind the music for NWA. Right. They weren't necessarily they didn't have to rely on past experiences. They didn't have to rely on stories they heard at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. They were actually getting ready to go into an environment where it was gonna be something real. Right. You know, and that's what I think drove them for as long as it could. But here was another thing that was kind of Messing with me I'm that much younger than you are mm-hmm. And the NWA Era is like Over Before I really start caring About music oh my god you Are think you about, for real think about, like, you know, Me and music really don't really Get together like and I'm talking about Together together until like 93 really Bruh you see what I'm saying But I'm 13 that's about right Around the time when you start collecting your own like um, t- up until then you just listening to whatever big cuz got for sure and my big cuz was quinn wright you know what I'm saying? shout out to q his name is q <laughs> we called him q <laughs> we like, was knee deep like completely knee deep excuse me yeah um and yeah i, I can understand where you coming yeah, from I'm, i got i got all them records i got all the ll cool j records mm-hmm. nwr paid in full all of that but i was like nine 
Yeah. I'm 14. I'm 12, 13, 14. And at that time, it's protect your neck. Okay. So, see, for me, America's most, I'm, I'm, a old, I'm getting older. I don't think there will ever be an album that will be better than America's Most Wanted. Not because, not just because of the music, but because of what it represented for me as a 14-year-old kid. See what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I was 13, 14, and I'm 13, 14 at Whittier reading Message to the Black Man. Yeah! Me and Sam Webb. Shout out to Sam Webb. Autobiography of Malcolm X. Just off the, Not only the things That he was talking about Because I was in the conscious Hip hop up to that point mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying But He was conscious But It was Militant hard. It was hard Yeah And see Like I'm I'm still like Taking my lunch to school At that time So I Like I gotta be real about that That's something that we don't find on, on like The internet You got a lot of cats That are too young To have legitimate opinions About music Period Let alone hip hop Agreement or we have people who don't know how to talk intelligently about the era that applies to them. And so now, even though you and I are not that far in age, we're far enough to where an era almost separates us. You see what I'm saying? Because me listening at 10 is not listening with a 14-year-old set of ears. Right. I'm it, just like revering like, wow, like this is cool. Right. You're reading the lyrics by that time. Right. I wouldn't right. even think about reading the lyrics, the lyrics at nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't using my pause button until Outcast came. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's God. when I that's when I started. Oh God. But you see what I'm saying? Oh God. We you don't was, learn you don't learn whoa. to use the pause button and write the lyrics out. I wasn't doing that wow. at nine. Wow. I did that. Wowzers. I mean, that's that's how you learn that's how you learn the words. Um <clears throat> I like <clears throat> one thing, excuse me. One thing I liked about the movie was how they used certain things that we knew, and you may not remember this, but there were certain things that happened that were like nuggets of... See, during this time, there was no... Obviously, and I say this all the time, during this time, there was no internet. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, during this time, when you heard news about these artists, that there was a mystique involved. Mm -hmm, So, you heard what you heard when you heard it. Right. Um, it was it's a good legend. Thing that, yeah. Legend built. It's a good thing that the internet wasn't around when they was doing what they was doing. They probably would be like in, in trouble. It was, they'd still be in the joint. I like how they use the accident that happened to DOC. Oh yeah. As kind of like a transition of Dre's thinking towards considering what Suge Knight was talking about. Yeah. How he lost everything instantly, and. How if something was to have happened, his long-term security wouldn't be there. So it was almost like, did Shug kind of manipulate that situation to make him feel that way? Or was it was it a true transition in his thinking? Because any movie, any character has to go through a transition over the, the course of right. the story. Right. And we all saw what Dre's <laughs> transition was over the tor- course of the story. I mean, look at literature. No, That's just and I was about is. to say your literature your literature had his... Uh, you know what I'm saying? His, I mean, his, straight uh, up. Right. So Intro to lit. I look at how they capped they kind of put a capsule around Snoop and when Snoop came to the studio he had absolutely no fear of Shug. Right. And it kind of showed you about how fearless he was and how mm-hmm. fearless he kind of continues to be. If you've been following Snoop's yeah, travels in Europe recently, right. getting caught up in, he's, in he's, Europe. He does he, what he does. He gives no craps. So 
for me, it was three hours, essentially three hours where I basically got a chance to relive my childhood. Yeah. And I think that, again, the music is a big part. The connection to the music that we have drives a lot of that. But also, you know, seeing some of those events like that, it might have looked like that. Now, knowing that the person who is directing this was along for the ride, Mm -hmm. we kind of can trust his license a little bit to say, okay, he's creating this scene True. to look as close as possible to what it possibly looked like during that time and we know that we have members of the group involved in some of the writing involved in some of the directing involved in setting the stage and so we can kind of like you said we can kind of relive some of the stuff problem with that is old men are all, there's nobody more afraid of the future than old men okay so they're never gonna tell the truth so we know that some of these events are probably right down to the last grain of sand. We know some of them aren't. Yeah, sure. Just because of the way people sure. are. And so that but that, but that was okay because it fit into what you were just saying. There's still a little bit of mystique around this group. Yeah. Even Suge Knight right now, a person we know a lot about, there's still kind of a a mystery around that man. Mm-hmm. As much as much social media and as much information we have on him, even in 2015, there's still kind of like a a phantom mm-hmm. around Suge Knight. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with because he didn't have a normal name, has to do with some of the things he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. And it has something to do with the fact that during this period of time, we know that Suge Knight was like a force of nature. He was. You know what I'm saying? And we don't even know how he like, how do you get to be something like that? We'll never know. True. Because you can't put that stuff. <laughs> you can't put. You probably. The stuff that he did in this movie is, is Disney World probably compared to stuff that he's actually done in real life. Yeah. I mean, the story's gone forever. They talk about, they talk about you, the number. You, part two is going to do the, the rise of death row. Lord help us all. If you're interested in. If you're interested in understand who Suge Knight is. Go and find <laughs> old interviews by Daz. Oh. If, if you do old, if you do a Google search of Daz. I forgot about those. Interview. He has a oh multitude of discussions about what Suge does. Shout that, out to the Collie. I did, I did read it on the Collie. I love the Collie, man. It's the greatest thing on earth. But <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, do the research. So. I would like to see a Pac movie. Um, Ugh. I I don't want this to turn into the Marvel universe. It's what is it's what's happening. You know, they it's so much it. money to be made. I right? guess Chuck D already came out and said it's not a Public Enemy movie that's coming out. No Thank way. God. Um, don't do this. But you know what? I'm gonna tell you what. I go see it. I will go see it. And the reason why is because aren't they like our comic book characters? In a way, they are, aren't they? Aren't are they, they? Are they? Are is this Coco Beware and Junkyard Dog and Big God John was. Stud? And aren't they like our comic book characters? In a way, yeah. I mean, think yeah. about it. What's the difference? I could, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Look at all the different factions. Like you know, in one, <laughs> in one episode, the lynch mob comes in. Like it's like comic books. Why not? Okay, so you know what? That was a very comic book-like scene, like, though. It was. I'm going to tell you what. Here we go. F. Gary Gray 
and whoever the hell else you want to work with. Let's do it. I want movies on all you guys. I want movies on NWA. Okay. I want movies on Death Row. I want movies on Public Enemy. I want movies on the Wu-Tang Clan. I want movies for Outkast. I want movies for Fuji's. I want movies for everybody during the golden era of hip-hop that was like a group. And I want them all. And then I want, after all those are done... I want battles between them. You know, I the want p- movies that had battles between the groups. I, I want it. I want everything. I, I want D twelve. I want. I want everybody. You want the East Coast West Let's, Coast. I rap want it battle. all in movies. And you know what? Do it animated. I don't care. Whatever you have to do, I want all these movies. You know what though? But you know what will prevent a lot of that from happening is the finagling of record companies and rights over the music because yeah. Ruthless had to give their blessing. Um, there was no death row music, actual death row music yeah. in the, you know what I'm saying? I think California Love was. They said Heller, like Jerry Heller said, he didn't know nothing about the movie. Oh, but Jerry Heller, maybe not, he may not have actually owned rights. Any rights? Oh, yeah. Because so to me, the right know. was on board. <laughs> right. He didn't have you know to what know. I'm saying? So, you know, as right, far well, as labels the act music, right, there's a lot of money to be made. Right. Okay. We're st- we're still because that music belongs to Easy's estate, I believe. But we di- I don't know. We download too much, but we still go to the movies. I would like to see a Pac movie. I would like to see a Wu Tang movie, but I just cannot see that. Happening. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be like <laughs> the greatest thing ever. ODB. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You could do it. It would be more than three hours though. Right. Eminem already has a movie, right? Technically, right. right? So in we just have him come in as something else. You know, in we need way. to do. I want. I want movies on everybody. Okay. Terror Squad. I want movies on everybody. Terror Squad. I wouldn't go see that. Come on. You would you go watch see a big a, pun would movie? Would you go see a big pun movie? Yeah. Fat Christ. Joe movie. Fat Joe movie. His early days knocking yeah. cats out in the Bronx. Yeah. Dipset movie. Though? No Dipset movie. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding? Never the Dipset movie, man. The Twister movie, the Twister. I would. <laughs> the Master P movie has been getting some legs. You know what movie I would see? I would see an Uncle Luke movie. <laughs> Let's move on for reasons that would not be disclosed. Right. Let's move on. So we were um, recently. Uh, you know, there was a very tragic death in hip hop with the death of Sean Price, um, and there was a posthumous release. Um, songs in the Kia Price. Shouts out to Sean Price and his family, um, and the rest of Duck Down and, and Boot Camp Click. And, you know, there's been a lot that's been said about that. Um, so it kind of led us into a conversation about New York hip hop and what you know, why it's why it's having such a difficult time and and things of that nature. So it's it, first of all, the the songs in the Kia Price is a is a very cool piece. Yeah, it is. Very and it's it's just it it's very it it is what it is it's it's no gray area no it's, it's very it, masculine it, just it's, it's for people who like that and you know what like I like hearing stuff like that because sometimes you know we try to consume a lot of new music yeah and sometimes you realize like this ain't for me but I want to I want to listen to it anyway so I can remain hip you know for lack of a better term but when i listen to a sean price album it's like all right this this sean price album right it's like okay yeah i'm washed so what you know <laughs> like so what this is still dope you know yeah okay i'm washed i know i know that a lot of music that comes out uh these days is not necessarily 
for me or to my liking because I'm washed. But when Sean Price does this, it's like, yeah, okay, you still can't do this. Right. Okay, I might be washed, but you st- you still can't do this right at this level. And you, it's not believable if you try to. If you try thank to you, you can't no. handle this. I believe that Sean Price will put hands on you if he feel like you whack. Like not even if you like insult him or anything, but if you a whack MC, just disrespecting. The I feel like he might like disres- like see you back. <laughs> How dare you? And, like disrespect you? How dare you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, I really honestly feel like that. Like cats like him, Buffy Knuckles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you speak to him, they be like, Arr. yeah. They just you know, they're not, not friendly. Keep it moving, Paul. Not friendly. Not not friendly <laughs> people, know? dog. Nah, and that's all right. But I do like you know, Gang Green dropped an album recently. Um, I just I just can't walk away from that sound. I don't think I ever will be Gang Green. Dude, knowledge. We was talking about him earlier. Yeah, man. That that gritty, there's something grainy, about it. What's the guy on the um? And, well, not him. You know what I'm saying? There's not nothing like that graininess. What's the guy um that you were talking about? It's on the Twelve Reasons to Die too. Is it Rock Marciano? No, it's the other guy. Andrew Adrian Young. Yeah, like even though he's playing that, there's still a a, a sound to it that resonates with us. It's, just, it's gritty. Fans of that sound, I mean, we we consume a lot of music, all right? right? And there are things that we like from different regions of the country. But there's a place, right? you know, inside us where that's just, hey, this, so, this New York stuff is going to gonna sit there. So it is what it is. Once again, and this is a common thing, <clears throat> I think that the people who are keeping it like truest to that essence right now is... Certain pockets in the D, yeah, and what we were talking about earlier, the L A B team, yeah, I think so. You know what I'm saying in terms of that grittiness, that I think so, that off key drum sound, mm-hmm. just yep. Um, and, I'm really and, getting into the whole L A B scene. Um, you know, I know I'm a little bit late to the party, but um, I really love Flying Lotus, Thundercat. I love it. you. Put me up on Thundercat after yeah. D'Angelo's album. Hell. I'm telling you right now, dog. And, and what I like about it is that I don't think they're trying to recapture anything. I think they're taking elements and putting their own twist on it, which is the natural progression of things. Right. I don't think they're trying to say, you know, we, you know, all that taking it back to the essence bullshit. That's that's lame. I'm mm-hmm. talking about like, okay, we're gonna make music, but our influence, our influences are very clear, mm-hmm. and that's tradition. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so when you when you when you can can connect with music like that, where you know it's done organically like that right even if you don't necessarily appreciate the style you got to respect the craft mm-hmm. you got to respect the craft and i think certainly. it's important i don't think it's important to support cast like that certainly certainly i look forward to them making more and more and more noise but they have their own crowd they have their own following especially overseas yeah you know i, I think who seem who, who tend to love traditional hip-hop more than we do in this country they do place overseas. They do, but that's that's sorry. A, that's a different thing. But see, for me, I would prefer to be honest. I just said traditional hip hop. Ain't that some? Wow. Some, I would prefer to be able to go overseas and do a good show or have a good following in South Africa, mm-hmm. in Germany, in Nigeria, in Amsterdam, yeah, London. Why not? You know, 
I mean, the forefathers loved it. Toronto. It, why it was good enough for them? Why isn't it good for us? Rather than come and try to sell records in Atlanta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would rather have that than have Atlanta. No disrespect. No, I, but because that was the golden era. That's what it was all about. Having you know to be able to touch the world. Yeah. You know, and, and when you have an opportunity to do that with a fan base that seems to have a genuine respect for what you're doing, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to, you know, be involved? Right. Why wouldn't you? So we have to continue to, you know, push that sound to help that sound kind of move on and keep it moving. And um, thank you to that. Uh, the people that put that album out. Um, right. It's, like I said, it's really sad to lose Sean Price, but. The fact that we still have, you know, we got his music, so like there, that can always serve as an example. Like we talk about on the Pick and Roll podcast, time after time, whatever kind of music that you like, it is out it's there out for there. you, and it's endless. Find at it. this point, it's so, endless. So, I want to do a couple of quick things. Um, Foreign Exchange has a new album. Okay. Fonte. Oh, okay. It's let me let me let me get the. Draw the spirits and burn some candles Okay. I would say Fonte may be one of the most talented African-American musicians <laughs> in the last 20 years. Just being completely honest. In the um, last 20 years? Dude, well, he's a fantastic MC that a lot of people bit. That's true. A gang of people. He That's fathered true. a lot of people's style. Some people say he fathered Drake's style. Early Drake. Early Drake. Um, but he could sing. He could. Yeah, he this can. Foreign Exchange. That's what I'm talking about. Foreign Exchange. They come over here. They might sell 10,000 records. But they can go anywhere and, and perform. And do numbers. Also, we, what we do know about Fonte is a. <laughs> and he's a funny guy. And he's a. Uh, Shout out to Fonte A rabid audiophile Yeah I used to watch those Ustreams years ago They do them live Ustreams mm-hmm. And I'll never forget him sitting there like Banging his head to a New Kids on the Block record That was like on some soundtrack But it was dope He's a snob <laughs> Yeah he's like a complete audiophile Which I respect Shout out to Fonte uh, Mick Jenkins had a new album that came out Which is cool Yeah, You know what I'm saying it's I heard a couple more... tracks I'm not really big on uh, Mick Jenkins Atmospheric. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I really, really big on that um, I really got a chance while I was out of town to check out Red Pill's album. Look okay. what this world did to us. Mellow Music Group. I talk yeah. about them all the time. Yeah. I love what they do. They're like my favorite people right now. Apollo Brown got a new album yep. coming out. Yep. I put his album cover on on my Facebook. Yep. Like with the date, and people thought it was. I me. thought it was you. It's not me. It looks like you. I don't. My beard do not be like that. But with all the colors and everything, yeah, it, it looks man, like you. Know. But it wasn't me. Well, I well what I did was, if you don't, I would like I like Google the shit. Yeah, it's not me, and it's not you. No, it's not me at all. Yeah, um, I guess I should have said that. Apollo Brown, you know, whatever. Um, but I want to take a second, if you would allow me, to talk to the weekend. Oof. The weekend. Um, yeah, the weekend um, dropped. His album uh, This last week This last couple of weeks And I had a chance to check it out Um, And What Okay Let's talk about the weekend real quick Okay 
I got put up on a weekend four or five years ago. House of Balloons came out, free album, and it was crazy because it captured a side of the Drakeish Toronto side that was a lot, even though he was singing more, was a lot darker than Drake. Right. Right. Almost very street dark, record. Very, almost street. Almost. But very dark. Like drug induced, mm-hmm. sexual, weird craziness. Whereas Drake, you know, he does a lot of things to fit into a bubble. So we go from that. We go through his other two albums, Thursday, Echoes of Silence, which was cool. Um, and then he dropped a few singles. He dropped one of my favorite songs in the last couple of years, that King of the Fall. King, okay. King of the Fall or whatever. It's one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite videos. Um, and it's sad because Weekend blew off that Earned It joint. Okay. Blue. Okay. Blue. <laughs> and then, you know, the can't, I Can't Feel My Face. Yeah. Blue. Blue. So I guess he got with a different producer or whatever. And the rest of the record is really light. It's Aww. light. He do got a couple joints. You know, he got a couple of dark joints on there. Okay. But it's just really light. It's like, it's. I feel almost like Wiz Khalifa mm. syndrome. Like his other stuff was tough. And you know what I'm saying? And then when goofy he came records. to that retail. He when, making goofy records? When he okay. got that retail joint, when he got that black and yellow, when Wiz Khalifa hit that black and yellow joint, uh, oh, the follow up, the follow up was tries was there. Trash. Okay, so are you saying that the weekend has lost his edge, or is he trying something different? I feel like when the weekend makes music that is when he is in his wheelhouse with the stuff that he was making. He's fantastic, but it seemed like some of the stuff on this new record is overtly pop. And okay, safe. did you see? Oh, did you see that? Um, some Twitter handles probably represent some stupid publication talking about the weekend is the new Michael Jackson. That hit the timeline. They, you know, they were promptly, you know, escorted out, but. I mean, where are we? Okay, what is that about? <sighs> Let me tell you something. It's hyperbole. But no, they said, hey, man, get over it. <laughs> you know, The weekend is a new Michael Jackson. Like, are nah. you crazy? Nah. it. Michael Jackson didn't become Michael Jackson until he was able to do everything well. Regardless, The weekend is not actually The week. Like, look, there is... There can he sell out venues? No. We can't ain't selling out no venues. You know what I'm saying? So like, can we get to I mean, can we get to square one? I think that the only reason that that potentially could be said is because of his vocal tone somewhat okay. as well as this can't fill my face record. It sounds a lot like a Michael Jackson-esque off the wall-esque record. Go ahead. I mean, we know that <laughs> Chris Brown and all the got 50 of those I'm talking about this the next like dog I don't know I mean who knows but I feel as though he like, who you think you're talking to he's moved to the next he went into a different room mm. on us he and went is he going to Pharrell route 
I think that you know. I think that he'll be able to keep his feet in both in both rooms. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I think the door will always be cracked for him to come Pharrell back and talk the, about overdosing on pills and <laughs> has Pharrell set the trends now? Like you know, hey man, you can you too can do a happy. Pharrell record. is a vampire. That's true. He doesn't you know age. That. He does. He doesn't age. And but has he said, hey man, give it a shot. If you catch happy. Right. You said, and I can, can you? I, okay, so. Can you be mad? Like I don't. I'm, I'm a. I don't I have, know what I have been. What? How would people have perceived me if I made happy? Did you set out for that? And that's yeah. always the rule. So, so I'm not mad at weekend. I just want to say, just make certain that you keep your base. You keep your base in mind. You know what I'm saying? Because. Weekend made some ill records, and Weekend got a strong base all yeah. over the world. Yeah, that's true. But uh, this can't—I can't feel my face. Did you see the video? No, <laughs> no. Okay, I'm gonna give you the video. You watch quick. way more music videos I, I, than I I'm do. I'm an internet fanatic. I don't watch them. In the video, he's pretty much like in a club performing for people oh, and singing no. the song, and he's doing like some dance moves or whatever. Dancing, like dancing a little bit, and then like nobody's paying attention to him. Nobody's paying, and it could, I guess, be a little bit symbolic of his career up to this point. You know, okay. he's he's like singing and dancing, doing and my performing thing. his butt off, and this like people are just kind of like looking at him, looking, at him. and then like at the like crescendo of the song, he like lights on fire, and then walks out of the club. Okay, so I I don't know what else to say. He tried to make like a. Oh come on! And then man. when he lights on fire, people are like, "Whoa!" Oh wow, this is great. What was uh, he trying? But what was he trying? What very contrived, very cliche. What were you trying to tell us? Don't don't do that. Don't do that. What were you trying to tell us weekend? But again, when he's on his, you know, that often, you heard that? Yeah, the, that's I like, crazy. I like him on the Meek Mill joint. Okay, that's he's he's he's. <laughs> let me. And I'm saying he's kind of like. Paid his dues, like he's made. Some Tell your man great to stay records. inside when I'm pulling up. <laughs> That's what I'm looking I for. I love that. That's what I wanted. Tell you, stay That's inside when I'm pulling up. That's what I wanted. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a I good mean, line. Shouts out to Weekend. He. Blew <laughs> off that earned it, and now he's is starting ascending to, to now another he's going another place. Right. So with that, we want to talk to you about some of the things that we're going to going to be trying to do a little bit different. First of all, we're going to be doing more hangouts. Yes. Um, you know, we'll be putting out invitations to our hangouts. We'll be recording our hangouts. We'll be posting our hangouts on YouTube on the Pick and Roll Podcast channel. Um, you're welcome to check them out there. If you have questions or feedback, please send them to us, pick and roll podcast at gmail.com or hit one of us on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm at where is Wallace? He I'm is QMB810. Or you can hit us at PAR Podcast, either yeah, one. We got a Twitter handle. Um, we've been doing this for we've been doing this for more than a year now. Over a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it's I love it. I love it. And we're so, going to do more of it. And and so we're continuously trying to grow what we're doing. So tell a friend, make sure you share it with somebody else. Um, 
send us your music. Uh, one of the things that myself and Mike notes from Double Negative People was, have been talking about is kind of getting into like the mix show game because we both can kind of blend some stuff up a little bit. I've gotten better. Okay. I have gotten better. Okay. This won't be like at the at the at the thing. <laughs> I kind of played the background, but I am getting better. Shout out to Pete McFray. Thank you for being patient with me. Uh, <laughs> you hear about Brett, by the way, Brett Darko? Yeah, he's like DJ the, the Chachi. Lions DJ. DJ Chachi, Chachi. man. He been doing this for a while. Yeah, he like made national news last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. DJ sweet. Chachi, Shout baby. Out to DJ Chachi, Pete McFray, Rodney Ott at the loft. I met that guy like once, and I love him, dude. Hey, I, I literally love that guy. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. Um, go check the loft out in Flint. Go pick up one of those Run Eight One Zero shirts. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Straight up. So, <laughs> for real. As always, I am Rob Wallace, and I'm Quinn Barrett, and this is the Pick and Roll Podcast.